Hello guys, welcome back to another episode of All In Tech. If you're new here, we talk everything tech, whether it's computers, uh, phones, tablets, smartwatches, everything. And today we are having our very special tech talk. And pretty much this is kind of like you can sit back, you can go sit on your couch, grab some snacks, grab some popcorn, grab some drinks, and just sit down and let's talk about tech. This is our tech talk, and I feel I, I want to make this as comfortable as possible. And today, uh, this tech talk, which is going to be tech talk number four, this is we're going to be talking about the Huawei Mate 40 E, the Galaxy Watch Active 4 rumors and leaks, and we're going to talk about the Samsung laptop that has been kind of recently released, and we're talking about the ZTE Nubia Red Magic 6R, such a long name, but we're going to be talking about all these things, so stay tuned, and I hope you guys enjoy this episode of Tech Talk number four, I believe. So without further ado, let's get started. All right, so the first one up is going to be the ZTE Nubia Red Magic 6R. So this one obviously is going to be kind of compared to the previous Red Magic 6, the 6 Pro. And so we're going to talk about the specs first, and then we're going to talk about what it actually kind of how it stacks up to the rest of the lineup because I know a lot of people like Red Magic for their gaming phones, and honestly, I do too. Uh, we're going to compare it to the Red Magic 6, and then we're going to compare it uh, also with the Red Magic 6 Pro because those are obviously the ones that most people are going to be using, and those are kind of like the two main phones. And now we have the 6R, which kind of was uh, released a little bit later. So this is kind of like the little bit less flagship version. It's a little bit of a watered down Red uh, Red Magic 6 phone, but it's still a pretty, pretty interesting phone if we talk about it. So let's talk about its specs first. So this was announced May 27th and it was released June 2nd. So it's been a while, uh, probably a couple of weeks but still a very fresh phone nonetheless. This phone has 168 or 63 uh, weight in terms of grams. And for the build quality, we have Gorilla Glass 3 on the front, aluminum frame, and a glass back. So premium materials all the way around. I just, uh, they downgraded the front glass to Gorilla Glass 3. Uh, the previous, I think it was the Red Magic 6 has like, I believe, what, Gorilla Glass 6 or 7. Uh, they don't really talk about it in specifics, but it is what it is. Also, some really cool things is that you still retain the pressure-sensitive zones with the 400 touch sensing uh, response. This is the same thing that you have on the 6 and the 6 Pro. Also, moving on to the display, we have an AMOLED display. With 1 billion colors, 144 hertz, with a peak brightness of 770 nits. Now, the only difference here is that with the 6 and the 6 Pro, you have 165 hertz. Versus on the 6R, you have 144 hertz. They're all very fast screens. Let's just keep it like that. Let's keep it 100. They're all fast. They're all really quickly, uh, quick screens. It's just that this one is slightly lower. 
you're not really going to notice 144 to 165. Once you're past really even 90, uh, you stop noticing how fast the screen is. Uh, But I think if you're coming from even a 90 or a 60 hertz display, you're really going to notice the 144. But if you're coming from 120 hertz like I am, uh, I'm not going to be buying this phone, but if you come from a 120 hertz phone, you're really not going to notice a difference. 165, maybe, I doubt it, but it's still going to be a very fast, fluid display nonetheless. Now, for the size, it's a 6.5 or 6.67 inch display, so slightly smaller versus the 6.8 found on the 6 and the 6 Pro. And you have an 87.5 screen to body ratio with a 1080 by 2400 pixel resolution, which is really kind of a, a basic at this point. We, we see it very standard across the industry in a lot of phones, even if you're anywhere from budget phones to flagship phones, as we've seen. Um, really, there is no discrimination when it comes to putting 1080p panels on phones. We have it on the Galaxy S21 and S21 Plus. We have it on even kind of like the A42, A32 of this year with 1080p panels. And on mid-range phones like the OnePlus Nord, the Galaxy A52 5G, uh, other phones as well, it's just a 1080p panel. So a lot really common at this point. And it's kind of interesting, I guess, p- people found the sweet spot for displays resolution. But I think we should still keep pushing for those higher resolutions as well. Now, you have a 20 by 9 aspect ratio. Uh, so, uh, and so pretty much all of these things are coming off the same in terms of comparing it to the 6 and the 6 Pro. The only difference is 144 hertz, which is lower than the 6 and the 6 Pro in terms of refresh rate. Now, onto the platform, we have Android 11 with Red Magic 4.0 on top, and it is running the latest and greatest Snapdragon 888 5G, which is a 5 nanometer processor, which is really the fastest processor on, on an Android phone in general, because obviously most Android phone flagships are running the Snapdragon 888. And it has the Adreno 660 GPU, so... All of this is just going to add up for an amazing gaming experience. The only difference is that this one doesn't have a fan, so it's not going to be as good for long-term usage in terms of one, three, four-hour gaming sessions like the 6 and the 6 Pro would be able to handle better. So that's something to keep in mind, but it, it is what it is. For internal configurations, you have a little bit more than the 6 and less than the 6 Pro. Uh you, or at least I think, yeah, no, the same amount as a 6 Pro. You have 128 paired with 6 gigs of RAM, 128 with 8 gigs of RAM, 128 of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM, and 256 gigabytes of internal storage with 12 gigs of RAM. So a lot of options here. Uh, definitely the configurations are less storage in terms of actual quantity, but the same amount of options nonetheless as the Pro. It's just going to be the configurations are going to be slightly different. Like the maxed out model for the 6 Pro is going to be 512 of internal storage with 18 gigabytes of RAM. So a lot more storage and a lot more RAM on that phone. So you will have to kind of pick and choose. And so that's really what it is. You have at least those options. Uh, you got a downgraded 6 gigabytes of RAM. But I think, you know, you can upgrade to 6 or even 12. I think that's something that 
most people would want to do if they're buying a gaming phone. Now you're running UFS 3.1 storage, which is I think the latest and greatest. Now you do have a 64 megapixel primary sensor, an 8 megapixel ultra wide, and as usual, we have the two useless lens lenses, 5 megapixel macro and 2 megapixel depth sensing lens. So obviously, we're not going to even talk about those. We're not even going to address those. But the one six or the 64 megapixel primary sensor has actually been all right. I've seen some photos. Uh, honestly, they're not they're not terrible. I mean, obviously, they might be a little bit soft in terms of detail because they are gaming phones. They're not focused around the camera. It's just kind of like a point and shoot camera where you, all you want to do is take a picture. That's all you can do, and that's perfectly fine. You know, if you all you care about is just a good, decent looking photo. That's, I mean, you can honestly get away with this phone uh, or you can get, this phone can get away with that. So it is what it is. But I think if you're looking for the best quality, I just, yeah, this is not the phone. No gaming phone has great cameras. Uh, we've seen it all before. Uh, but the 8 megapixel ultra wide, it's also on the same playing field as a 64 megapixel primary sensor. But it, I mean, overall, just decent photos, decent video. You're, you're not expecting you know, amazing quality out of this camera, just basic, normal quality. Now, for the video recording capabilities, they're kind of pushing it on this one because they're 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 introducing 4K or 8K, sorry, 8K at 30 frames per second, and you also have 4K at 30 and 60, 1080p at 30 and 60, which is pretty crazy that you even have 8K on a gaming device. I think it's kind of um, Questionable because I don't really understand why someone would want to have AK. I mean, I guess everyone wants their cake and eat it too. You know, some people really want a game, but also sometimes might really be into photography at the same time. I don't know. Really, I don't know what that AK is doing there for. I just, um, I think it might be for marketing. I'm not sure. I'm not sure how the quality is. It hasn't been tested from what I've seen, uh, but I'm sure it'll be great. I just don't think it'll be good in terms of actual usage that you're going to be using it all the time. I mean, AK is just taking up too much space on every phone, really. So there's really no point to it. But yeah, so keep that in mind. For the selfie camera, you have a 16 megapixel sensor. You have, that's like pretty much it. You have 1080p recording at 30 frames per second. So the, the selfie camera is kind of like a downgrade. Uh, because there is no wild AK kind of going on. And it's something that, well, we've seen on Android phones for a while where they max out the the rear cameras, but then they kind of like leave the selfie camera alone for whatever reason. But you have the loudspeaker, no stereo speakers. You only get that with the 6 and the 6 Pro, so that kind of sucks. Because uh, I think on a gaming phone, stereo speakers are kind of clutch because you do want that immersive experience. And I think stereo speakers really add to that. Now, there is no headphone jack, which is kind of strange because you do get that on the 6 and the 6 Pro. And so that's kind of unfortunate. You have Bluetooth 5.2, which is a little bit higher than the Bluetooth found on the 6 and the 6 Pro, which are, flu which are Bluetooth 5.1. Now, you do have NFC on the 6 and the 6 Pro, but for some reason, it's market-slash-region dependent for the 6R. Now, for 
features you do have the fingerprint sensor underneath the display it's going to be optical same as the other pretty much the majority of people of companies that are using in, in display fingerprint sensors are optical everyone samsung is really the only one that uses the ultrasonic fingerprint sensor and that's on their flagships they use optical ones on their non-flagships uh, all their just their flagships are the ones that use ultrasonic fingerprint sensor so that's something to keep in mind uh, now moving on to the battery you have a 42,000 yeah 42,000 a 4200 milliamp hour battery uh, you it's kind of small I mean it's smaller than the 6 and the 6 pro which have a 5500 or a 5050 milliamp hour battery so I mean it's smaller but I mean it is what it is I guess because I mean we can't really change anything about this phone. But I think for what you're getting, I think it's a pretty decent deal. And now the charging speeds are pretty interesting because there's a China version and then there's a global version. So for China, you will get the superior 55 watt fast charging. But in the global market, you're going to get only 30 watt fast charging, which is still okay. It's still pretty good. But I, I it kind of sucks that they have a China exclusive version where you get 55 watts. Now, you get Quick Charge 4 and Power Delivery 3.0. Now, for in terms of comparing, China got 66 watt fast charging on the six, uh, on the Red Magic Six, which gets you 100% in 38 minutes. But for the international model, you also get 66 watts. Now, for the China model, for the 6 Pro, you get 120-watt fast charging, which gets you 50% in 5 minutes. But you get 66-watt in the international model of the Pro. They're doing a similar thing here with the 6R, where you get less charging speeds on the global market. Kind of unfortunate, but yeah. So for colors, you have black, mercury, silver, light blue. Uh, personally, so the, the mercury silver looks very cool. I really like it. it reminds me a lot of Silver Surfer. Uh, very sh shiny, very uh, very just bold. It looks very loud. <laughs> it looks cool. It looks cool. It definitely looks cool. I definitely like that a lot. Now for the pricing, it's around five hundred euros. So it's going to be less by around $50 from the 6. And the 6 Pro is around $600, $700. So you are saving money for the majority of things. You just won't have a fan, again, which will kind of compromise the performance in terms of long-term gaming. So that's something to really do keep in mind because that may sway your decision to just pay more for the 6 and just get it like that. But you can find it on Amazon for for $540, the Red Magic 6, which I think is a pretty good deal all in all because a lot of mid-range phones are costing around that same price, yet this is offering a flagship-grade processor with the Snapdragon 888. So I think it's honestly very good. Now, for the software, I don't think it's going to be all that great. Personally, I don't really like a lot of softwares out there for a lot of phone manufacturers. I think my favorites are Samsung's uh, One UI and 
I think it was OnePlus's Oxygen OS. And iOS is also pretty clean as well, which I really do like. And obviously Android OS, which is Google's uh, operating system, which I really do like. Those Pixel phones are crazy good in terms of software. I really do enjoy that. But other ones, it just kind of slows down the phone. And so, or it just has really weird looking icons or just, I don't know, it's just weird. So I really don't like that in terms of software on other phones. But, you know, they're pretty good phones all in all. And you also get a really different design. Something I forgot to mention is that with the 6 and the 6 Pro, you kind of have this gamer futuristic vibe going on with the cameras being all in one line. And that's where you have your RGBs and your LEDs, I mean. Uh, and you are going to get those lighting effects on the back. But on the Red Magic 6R, you're really, it looks like a OnePlus phone, if I'm being honest. It looks like a OnePlus phone. One of the earlier ones, I forgot which one. It lo really looks like the 9 or the 9 Pro in in the terms of body style and the color of it, uh, in, of the silver. The camera module is obviously different, but it just reminded me so much of the OnePlus 9. Or even the OnePlus 8, actually. The OnePlus 8T probably is the one that reminds me of this phone. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, a interesting design choice because it looks nothing like its quote-unquote siblings, uh, but it is slightly cheaper. So I guess they wanted to go for more of a conventional design rather than a full-on gamer phone, which is perfectly fine. You know, some people prefer gaming phones in terms of style, but some others really don't. Now, let's talk about samsung's new watch all right so this is the one i'm actually really excited for because i own a galaxy watch active 2 and personally i, I mean i have it on my uh, on my wrist right now so i really do really do like using this one and apparently i got a missed call from an unknown number which i'm not gonna i'm probably gonna ignore that but anyway so the galaxy watch active 4 is really close to being released a lot of people think it's going to be between early july to late august they're thinking that it's somewhere around there and so the watch active 4 we're going to talk about the date the price the specs and all the other things that we've come to see now this source comes from tom's guide if you don't know this website go check it out they really do offer a lot in terms of reviews and news and all of these things leaks and everything technology uh really do recommend you guys check tom's guides and so this is where all this information is coming from that i'm currently sharing with you guys so obviously you might be thinking watch active 4 if you if i had just said watch active 2 so the watch active lineup as well as even the normal galaxy watch lineup has been kind of off so if we remember the Galaxy Watch, the very first one, the very first Galaxy Watch, it was named the Galaxy Watch, right? That one was released, and usually there's a one-year period in between uh, kind of like a predecessor and a successor, kind of like phones. You know, every new year, there's a new Galaxy phone. There's a new iPhone. Well, Samsung kind of messed up twice because the Galaxy Watch series... It, there was no Galaxy Watch 2 
because Samsung skipped a year. So they went straight to Galaxy Watch 3. And so that's where we're at at the moment. They released, there was no, or at least not that I, oh yeah, there was a Galaxy Watch Active. Then there was a Galaxy Watch Active 2. Then they skipped a year as well with the active lineup, making it kind of weird because while we have the Galaxy Watch Active 3, or the Watch Active 3, the Watch Galaxy Watch 3, we don't have a Galaxy Active Watch 3. But since there's a Samsung Galaxy Watch 4 coming out, Samsung is lining up the numbering scheme in the same fashion. So there's going to be a Galaxy Watch 4 and a Galaxy Watch Active 4 this year. So the Watch 3, as you might remember, came out, I think it was late last year. I think it was. Uh, So something to keep in mind. Now, Now we're under the Watch Series 4, pretty much. This is the generation that we're in, generation four of both the Galaxy Watch and the Galaxy Watch Active. So even though there's only three of them out, which is kind of weird. But anyway, so this is where we're at. And this is honestly, you know, the Galaxy Watch 3 is definitely considered the best smartwatch for Android users. And I think that's very true. The Galaxy Watch Active 2 used to used to actually hold that position but now, due to age, it's kind of fallen up in terms of the rankings. Uh, but it's okay. It's still a very good smartwatch. I can honestly vouch for it. It uh, definitely doesn't feel outdated by any meaning of the word. And it runs very well, despite me using it and putting games and apps on it. It runs perfectly fine, perfectly snappy. Everything works as intended. And I honestly have enjoyed it. But now, we have the Galaxy Watch 4 and the Watch Active 4. But we're talking about the Watch Active 4. So we're going to call it the Active 4 because it's so much... It's a really long name for a watch. Uh, So Samsung hasn't confirmed that it's coming, but there's a lot of evidence to speculate that there's actually a new generation of Watch Active that could come. So we're going to come up with a potential price and potential date and maybe features and a, and a wish list of what to have. So a lot of people, this is the latest news that we have, June 23rd, but I'm recording this on June June 28th. I am so sorry if you heard that. Um, it was, my, I dropped my phone on the table. I was looking at the date. Uh, so this is June 28th, but the latest news, the latest news that we've gotten is from June 23rd. So we're talking about the latest information that we have. So for the release date, a lot of people are thinking that they're going to release it alongside the Galaxy Note series. But we've all seen that Samsung has canceled the Note series for this year. So there will not be a Galaxy Note 21, but there will be a Galaxy Note 22. So they're only pausing the Note series for this year, which I'm really glad because it would have been really dumb had they done that, had they canceled the whole Note lineup. Luckily, Samsung came and cleared up the whole uh, rumors and said that they're just not going to put it in production this year, but they will resume next year. So really happy to hear that. But moving on, the Watch 4 will there's a chance that it might come sooner than expected because there's, if you know Ice Universe, he's one of the biggest leakers. And he said that the Watch Active 4 and the Watch 4 
are going to be coming in the second quarter of 2021. And, you know, this would mean that Samsung is launching its newest smartwatches earlier than usual. So for the watch active four price or the active four price, since it's slimmer, more focused fitness version of the Galaxy Watch, it's less expensive than Samsung's flagship watch, right? The Galaxy Watch. So when the Galaxy Watch Active 2 launched, it was $250 for the Bluetooth model and $300 for the LTE equipped model. Now, we would kind of expect to Samsung for Samsung to keep and stick to this Proddle or Proddle. This is new. Proddle. It's the def it's it's a combination of pricing model. Proddle. I came up with a new word today. I copyright that. Anyway, so and if it does the Galaxy Watch Active 4 price should be around the same thing and it would be a direct competitor with the likes of Apple Watch SE and the Fitbit Versa 3, which are around that same price. And so we're assuming that it will continue all the features that we found on the Galaxy Watch, like ECG readings, and it's similar, like kind of like it's similarly priced rivals. Now for the features... We don't know exactly, but there's some rumors of blue, blued, blood glucose monitoring. I swear I'm coming up with new words. Um, so it is rumored, but there's not really too much to confirm that. And also another thing is that uh, the the next Galaxy Watch, both the four and the active four are going to replace tizen which is currently running on all active smartwatches from samsung with it's going to replace it with android they're going to call it i think they said tizen wear os i think they're going to call it because galaxy uh or because google wants to kind of end its problems that wear os has had and samsung kind of like really good at making software for smartwatches so they kind of you know, made a collaboration. So those are the things that are going on. We're not sure how much this is going to impact all of these things, all of the pricing or whatever, but that's what's kind of going on. Now, the Watch Active will probably, you know, feature some upgrade spec, obviously. Uh, it could build on the four gigabytes of RAM that's currently offered. And it could offer fall detection, VO2 max readings, it could come with other tools like the Galaxy Watch 3 has. Um, and it could, I mean, it could really be useful for a lot of fitness focused people. Another thing is that uh, we could also get some pretty interesting, cool things like a new processor. That's definitely something that I've, I'm really interested in seeing how much it'll affect it. But I don't know. I feel like it'll also improve battery life. And right now, the Galaxy Watch Active 2 lasts up to 60 hours, depending on what you do with it. And Samsung could honestly maintain that, or it could shorten it like what the Galaxy Watch 3 did compared to the first Galaxy Watch. So it's, it is what it is. You know, there's compromises here and there. So a lot of people, from what we've seen, we've seen a lot of slim designs, and that's something that we really want to achieve. And from the looks of it, from the renders, it has a flat display unlike the Watch Active 2, which has a curved display, which I really do enjoy. Um, but the flat display is going to be on there. There's going to be less thick bezel. And there's also going to be blood pressure monitoring. 
more mental health tools is what we what uh we would like to see as well so this is definitely um pretty interesting stuff i really do like this so i'm really excited about this new version i don't know how it's gonna stack up with the previous active or if there's even gonna be one because as we've seen uh kind of samsung's inconsistency with the watches so we'll see what happens um personally i'm a big fan of the galaxy watch i used to not like watches but after i bought this watch i really do enjoy it so yeah anyway let's get into the next one all right so this is the galaxy book go so this they released this shortly after the book pro 360 and the book pro and basically it's offering a lot for $350. So this is very good for students or for people who just want a cheap computer that they can work from home. So this has a full HD screen, LED screen. It's compact and durable, just like the whole book series is right now. This is a whole kind of theme going on, portable, light, thin, durable design. And we also have the Qualcomm Snapdragon 7C Gen 2 computing platform chip and it has up to 18 hours of battery life. It runs on Windows 10. It also has uh, four gigs of RAM along with 128 gigabytes of internal storage. You also have a micro, micro SD card reader up to one terabyte, which is really neat. And you also, for battery life or for battery capacity, you have 42.3 watt hours. Now for runtime, you have 18 hours, which I really don't guarantee you're going to get because even with the Pro, I've noticed that with the Pro 360, I currently have it. I own it. Uh, the battery life is okay. It's not great, but it's okay. Uh, it can last me a whole workday, but I think that the Book Pro might even last less. For the Bluetooth version, you have Bluetooth 5.1, and you have two USB-C ports and one USB 2.0 uh, port as well. You also have... No options in terms of colors. You only have one silver, and there's only one screen size, which is 14 inches. And for resolution, it's 1920 by 18 or by 1080p. So de decent resolution, I think, for what it is. Um, but I don't think it's the best out there. For the display technology, we have full HD LED screen, so it should be a pretty good one. It's not a touch screen. There is no pen included. And you have the Qualcomm Adreno GPU along with no fingerprint sensor. You have a 720HD uh, webcam. What, what more could we have expected? Samsung is following the quote-unquote standard, industry standard. Of course, it's industry standard, but it doesn't mean it's good. Um, so for speakers, you have stereo speakers, which is kind of cool. Uh, definitely very nice. For the audio jack, you have one headphone jack. A port and it weighs around three pounds so very light very compact and definitely on the go kind of thing and i think this is very good for those who maybe wanted a pro a pro 360 but can't afford it so the galaxy book pro is honestly a very good option if i'm talking too fast it's because my computer is on very low battery and i currently do not have access to a charger so i am trying to speed things up a little bit but anyway that was it for the galaxy book pro or book go let's talk about the huawei mate 40e all right so this one's gonna be rapid quick because my battery is dropping like a rock so this is the phone that came out uh 
today actually was announced, but it's expected to be released fully uh, tomorrow. And this is the Huawei Mate 40E 4G, which is going to be kind of like that little sidekick that's in the background that's really just there to be kind of like the, the affordable version of the flagships. But nonetheless, it still offers a lot of things that the flagship does. For once, or for for one thing, it has a glass back and front with aluminum frame, premium materials all around. It has IP53 dust and splash resistant, uh, so really cool. Plus, the uh, you have for the display, you have a 6.5 inch OLED display with HDR10 certification and 90 hertz refresh rate. So not the greatest in terms of screen, especially since you have a 1080p panel. Uh, but I think it's overall a pretty good display. No one's going to complain about this. Uh, for the platform, you have Harmony OS 2.0, so their own uh, skin or their own operating system now because they can't use Android. And they have a chipset, which is Kirin 990E, which is a 7 nanometer plus chipset, which is still going to give you some really flagship performance, um, but it's still behind the Snapdragon 888. But nonetheless, it's still a very good chip. For the GPU, you have the Mali G76, so pretty good in terms of GPU. For the memory, you do not have, or you do have expandable memory, and you also have to up to 256 with a shared slim or a SIM slot. You have two internal storage configurations. You have 128 with 8 gigs of RAM, 256 with 8 gigs of RAM, so you have only two options, kind of limited, but it is what it is. You have UFS 3.1 storage uh, for the latest and greatest. For the camera, you have a triple camera setup, which is actually kind of useful. This one's pretty good. You have a 64 megapixel laser autofocus primary sensor. You have a 60 or you have an 8 megapixel telephoto lens with three times optical zoom and optical image stabilization. You have a 16 megapixel ultra wide lens, which is going to give you that beautiful landscape view. And you also have Leisha or Leica optics. I don't know how it's pronounced. Sorry, don't roast me. Uh, but you do have that kind of like as in a collaboration with their company and Huawei. You also have 4K recording at and also 1080p recording. You have the selfie camera, which is a 13 megapixel ultra wide lens, which is kind of interesting. And you have 4K and also uh, seven or uh, 1080p and 720p on the selfie camera and for the loudspeaker you do have it but you do not have stereo speakers you do have a 3.3.5 millimeter headphone jack which is actually really refreshing to see because we never see those on phones nowadays it's so hard to find well not hard to find it's just rare to find uh, a phone that offers a headphone jack while still offering all these flagship ish features now, you also have Bluetooth 5.2 for those who want to use wired headphones or wireless, sorry. And you also have NFC. You have an infrared port, which is kind of cool, really cool if you want to use that. You have a fingerprint under the display, which is an optical, of course. For the battery, we have a 4,200 milliamp hour battery. Uh, this will give, or you also have fast charging at 40 watts and fast wireless charging at 40 watts, which is pretty cool. Very consistent overall charging. You have reverse charging at 5 watts, so kind of unfortunate that they didn't involve more, but still very, very cool that you even got wa reverse wireless charging at this price point. For the colors, you have silver, white, and black. And uh, honestly, very good colors. I think I really like the silver a lot. 
and this should cost around 550 euros so maybe around 500 600 dollars here in the us which i think is actually an excellent deal because you're getting a lot of those mid-range features that you lose with the flagships but you still have that flagship performance that flagship gpu that whole flagship experience on a much more affordable price at a much more affordable price so i hope you guys really enjoyed this one sorry i had to rush the second half of this because i i just did not see the battery on my computer i i don't know i just i think i lost track or i didn't see it but sorry about that but i hope you guys still enjoyed this episode nonetheless and thank you guys for sticking around and i know this was kind of shorter but I mean, we'll have longer ones or we'll have shorter ones or we'll have medium ones. But the point is, this one was kind of short, but I still hope you guys enjoyed. I don't know why my watch is doing that. But anyway, so I will see you guys in the next one. Till then, peace.